This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Alice Dempster. It's Tuesday the 29th of August. In your Squiz today, borrowers are doing it tough. Zimbabwe's election called out for fraud. Aussie athletes win big, and Welsh athletes swim in a bog. This is your Squiz today. It is tough out there for Aussie borrowers, according to new economic data from Roy Morgan. They say that 29% of borrowers are at risk of mortgage stress. That is 1.5 million Australians. The data also shows, Alex, that two-thirds of those who are facing mortgage stress are extremely at risk, which means that their mortgage repayments are greater than a certain threshold that's related to their household income. According to Roy Morgan, we're seeing some of the worst cost-of-living pressures since the 2008 global financial crisis. But that's not the only economic news. Yesterday, we also got new retail data out from the Bureau of Stats. It showed that retail retail spending actually got a big one-off boost in July. They've linked the spending spree to the FIFA Women's World Cup. They say that plenty of Aussies, me included, were ordering takeaway at home (laughs) while they watched the Matildas play. Amazing. I mean, didn't we all? (laughs) We are expecting more economic data tomorrow, Alice, this time our inflation rate. And whatever those numbers are, they will be a big factor when the Reserve Bank meets next week to decide on interest rates. Now, Rates aren't expected to rise at this point, which might be good news for those under mortgage stress. But there are some economic clouds on the horizon. Yeah, that's right. Treasurer Jim Chalmers has pointed to the big risk of China's dramatically slowing economy, which is something that the US President Joe Biden has called a ticking time bomb. China is the top export destination for almost 40 countries around the world, but a huge downturn in their domestic property market has chilled their economy. And that's delayed their bounce back after COVID restrictions were lifted earlier this year. One of the most visible signs of the distressed Chinese economy is Evergrande. It's a massive property developer which had been suspended from trading on the Hong Kong stock market. That suspension actually lifted yesterday, and when it did, Evergrande stock dropped 80% to reflect the financial woes that got the company suspended in the first place. So, yes, China is one to watch. While we're on China, Alice, the Australian writer and democracy activist Yang Hanjun has been detained in China for four years now, and new reports say that he is now facing medical issues in jail. Yeah, that's right. Dr Young was told by doctors last week that he has a cyst that's putting pressure on one of his kidneys, and his concern is that he won't get adequate medical attention while he's in jail. He told his supporters that if something happens with my health and I die in here, people outside won't know the truth. And it wouldn't be the first time that an activist has died in a Chinese prison. Lu Xiaobao, who was a Nobel Peace Laureate, died of complications related to liver cancer back in 2017. That was while he was detained by Chinese authorities. 
Our Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, might be seeing China's Xi Jinping on the sidelines of the G20 summit in India next month, and Albanese has been asked to raise Young's case. Alice, there was a presidential election in Zimbabwe in the last week, and the Electoral Commission has declared a winner, but the losing opposition party has been crying foul, and so have international observers. Zimbabwe's Electoral Commission says that the sitting president, who is Emerson Manangagwa, has been re-elected with around 56% of the vote. That's something that he's been celebrating ever since. But yesterday, the losing candidate, Nelson Chamisa, came out and said, said that the election was a gigantic fraud. That was his quote. Chamisa said there was widespread voter suppression during the ballot, as well as a flawed electoral environment. And those concerns have been echoed by international bodies, Alex. The UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, says that he was concerned about the arrest of observers and threats of violence and coercion. As for where the story goes from here, Chamisa, the opposition leader, has called the moment a political crisis and asked for help from the rest of Africa. He has also demanded that the vote be held again. I feel like over the last couple of weeks, we've gone a bit sports crazy on the show, Alice. Or <laughs> or maybe, maybe it's just that the Aussies are absolutely crushing it at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yesterday, our team at the World Athletics Championships set a new record for the number of medals an Aussie squad has got at those games. Yeah, the Aussies are crushing it at the moment, Alex. We finished <laughs> that latest tournament with six medals and that beat our previous high score of four medals there. This time around, we got a gold in the women's pole vault, as well as medals in the javelin, 20k walk and the men's pole vault. But it was a double podium finish at the women's high jump that took us up to six medals. Nicola Slagers took out the bronze medal and Eleanor Patton got silver. She was beaten by a 21-year-old Ukrainian athlete. Her name is Yaroslava Mahuchik. We can't begrudge her for the win, though. It was a pretty remarkable success because, of course, Russia invaded Ukraine and her training was interrupted when she had to flee her hometown. So well done to her. And speaking of Russia, they were banned from the competition as well as their ally Belarus due to that ongoing war. Just 15% of Australian jobs in STEM are held by women, and a new academic study might have a clue as to why. Researchers from Curtin University found what they called an alarming lack of female scientists in high school curriculums. So they looked at the curricula in Queensland, South Australia and the Northern Territory, and what they found was that they included only one historical female figure. The other states didn't mention a single woman in the field. One of the study's researchers, Tegan Clark, said there's no shortage of pioneers to choose from, though. She pointed to Marie Curie, who won a Nobel Prize for her work on radioactivity. In response to the study, Queensland has promised to address its gender imbalance and New South Wales says it's taking steps. We haven't had a weird sports story from the UK in a while, Alice. Let's let's check in. Are we missing anything? We definitely are. It's a perfect time <laughs> to mention that Wales is holding its World Bog Snorkeling Championships at hmm. the moment. It's exactly what it sounds like, Alex. Competitors have to snorkel up and back down a 55-metre water-filled trench. <laughs> Wonderful. You are allowed flippers, but you aren't allowed to do any traditional swimming strokes. What is going on with the Welsh. <laughs>
Squiz the day, Alice. What can we expect today? Well, we're set to get an update from the Bureau of Meteorology today on whether or not we're in for an El Nino event. So we'll be keeping our eyes out for that. That is all for us today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back again tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.